Welcome to White Collar Dropouts. My name is Zach. And I'm Phil, a.k.a. Also known as son. Yes. Did I you like guys that. know, fun fact, that Philip's mom actually slid in my DMs? Okay. Uh, just wanted to start the podcast out so on a good note, and let's just continue moving you forward. You know, I don't like to talk about that. So we have our fourth guest... Good job. You can count to four. I could count to four. I don't know how many guests we have. This is a big one. Too. But this is a really big one. Um, he is one of the founders of the number one TikTok agency in North America. Do you want me to introduce myself right now? Yes. My name is Adrian DeMack. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. So, yeah, like I said, number one TikTok agency in the world. Zach. Content creator, YouTuber, TikToker, Instagram aficionado, mentor. Oh, we can go on and on and on. Big brother. Dude, you love your sister more than anybody I know. Yeah, no, I, I post a lot of, of stories about her. And um, I got a lot of compliments on how great of a brother I am. Yeah. Kind of just fuels the... I bet you do. I like it. Feeds me very You nicely. know exactly what you're doing. I know. <laughs> it's like... Up, it's Fuck boys in Toronto that have a puppy on their hinge. Oh my god. Wait, just wait till I get the puppy. Just wait till I get the puppy. I'm so glad finally somebody said that shit. Like (laughs) you post your Oh my god, we know what's happening. We know you know exactly what you're doing. You gotta bring that up to me earlier. But it's benefiting everybody. It is. It's benefiting the whole squad. Because once one one birdie sees it, they're gonna be like, Oh, so you hang out with this guy. I want to be associated with this guy. Yeah. Well, the other thing is like so many people that hit you up over, over social media are people that want to get involved in the business. Mm-hmm. What better person that you would have to mentor you than somebody who is a big brother? Yeah. <laughs> That's arguable sometimes. I don't know. What is do you this, think? this all facts to you or are you just calling this it is bullshit? This a strategic post. This is very strategic. Like strategic you don't do anything for sister. no reason. No, I, I, I do it just because I guess for the attention, right? <laughs> Attention for the trust. I'm just no, no, no. It actually does build a lot of credibility. Like what I notice is that you know when I start putting myself out there and I'm more genuine with the people that I talk to, especially with who I'm mentoring, um, they're more open to like you know having conversations with me, as well as you know being getting an opportunity to even be mentored by me, right? Um, You know, if I don't have that kind of like that trust and that kind of side of me where I'm like real, um, you know, I just feel like the conversion rate of getting that mentorship is like very, very low, right? Dude, it's facts. And you could quantify that because as soon Mm -hmm. as you took the authentic route, even on TikTok, Mm -hmm. you saw how many more people joined your Discord um, and joined your mentorship. Yeah, so much more people. The difference was like night and day. You know, it's it's the difference between just being like kind of associating yourself and kind of giving the people a vision that you're just all about flex culture and actually yeah. being a real ass person Dude, is like That's insane. actually so real, especially in this space right now because so many people in our space, their PBs are just straight personal flexes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, per- PB, personal brand. What you're doing is so different. You're giving people actual insight into like the anxiety, the Dude. failures, Tell the struggles. Somebody, somebody's got to read this post. Keep, oh, keep yeah. going. I'll yeah. read the post. I'll find the, it. The anxiety, the struggles, mm-hmm. the failures, the shortcomings, um, the reality of what it's like to start, how long you go without making money. <clears throat> like you're being he, real. He talks about all that. You're actually, um, you're relatable. Actually, his recent yeah, post. Pretty open book. One day ago, you can summarize this or read the whole thing. 
I want to let give you the honors. Yeah, I want you to talk. I want to yeah. maybe read the whole thing, whatever you want to do, and just talk about it. All right, I'll, I'll read the, the whole thing. Um, so basically, I made this post, and um, you know, running a business is actually a lot more difficult than people see. Um, you know, they see. What's wrong with the buttons over there? No, no, I just okay, gotcha. But what a lot of people see is just like the money involved and the assets that you have. And they don't really see like a true side of you or like how hard you work. A lot of people think that all this shit comes with luck. And it's like, if, if, or if, it's fake. if, if you're going to say that my shit came, that I was lucky, like, fuck you. <laughs> like, honestly, like, fuck you. Um, but anyways, I made this post and it was like, so I recorded a few anxiety attacks the past few weeks, last clips of every sequence. Um, I don't really know what came to mind when I started. I just felt the need to do so. Honestly, I think it's an important part of my story. Obviously, anxiety isn't someone everyone or something everyone enjoys talking about. And even if you have explained your anxiety to someone, you'd admit that you'd filtered out like a lot of the things that you've said in comparison to what you were thinking. So 275 million people suffer from it. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of make my mark that I want it, I want to make it easier for people to talk about. You know, it's also difficult talking about it in front of this podcast, <laughs> let alone you guys. Um, but for as long as I, re I can remember, I'd allow these intrusive thoughts to strip me away from my opportunities I could have had. So a lot of the times, for example, even if it was just relationships with girls or, you know, relationships with business opportunities or anything like that, like an opportunity to play for a team or an opportunity to just really just, you know. So you just don't want to screw up. I just don't want to screw up. And, like, I would allow my anxiety to kind of just, like, take that away from me. Yeah. And then I would come back a couple weeks later. Or a couple weeks later, I would look back and be like, shit, if I just made that one move and I took action, like, what if? You know, I just hate those yeah. what if moments. Mm -hmm. um, but aside from that. Well, now you're capitalizing on all the what yeah, ifs. Yeah, no, I'm capitalizing on every single Cause, opportunity. Because you, you, you have some of the biggest clients, biggest brands in the world mm -hmm. that you work on. Mm -hmm. So every and you get you get bigger and bigger brands every couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean I could understand the pressure there. Um, and yeah, you literally posted videos of you getting those attacks and you posted that, which is crazy. Which what's also really insane about this is like, right? This isn't just somebody on social media who's an influencer. This is a guy that runs a business and has people working for him. Imagine if your boss's boss's boss or the CEO of your organization was upfront and authentic and transparent about the pressure that he's under and the anxiety <sighs> that he's that he suffers from. I didn't even think about that. Like people would want to work for, especially people want to work for you especially in today's world where like these are very real problems that companies are yeah, responsible for for easing yeah. and companies are are trying to help employees. Mhm. Mm that are suffering from these things and implement things like work life balance and provide funding for therapy, right? Like People are thinking, wow, I want to work for this guy because he gets it. Other people don't get it like him. No. Yeah. And so if I can't execute on a job, I can be authentic and, and real about him or real with him about why I can't. Maybe I'm suffering from something. Yeah. And they're going to they're gonna want to work for you. Leaders lead by example. And transparency is something that you clearly live by and why you've been so effective as a leader building out this organization as quickly as you have. Mm, and touching on transparency too, you know, um, you know, just being transparent to all the creators or all the employees that work uh, for me and for us, um, just kind of being realistic with the vision and the amount of money that we're bringing in and what our goals are, what the three-month goals, the one-year yeah. goals, the two-year goals, the five-year goals, the ten-year goals, just kind of like allowing them to see that for themselves and understand what they're working for and what 
we want to accomplish just kind of like allows themselves to align with what our goals are and then it just proves with the results yeah. like they're just more aligned with what I want to achieve and they just kind of respect it and I kind of just reach out for help saying hey I need help with this and then as soon as you say help you know they're they're on their feet they're all attentive and be like somebody needs my help yeah. it's just natural yeah. right it's a natural tendency Damn. you want to help people Yo, and the other thing is what's crazy is there's a lot of it takes a lot of courage to, to be transparent with your company about what your goals are because a lot of CEOs, a lot of business leaders, they have egos. And so they don't want to tell people what the goals are out of the fear that they don't reach them. Mm-hmm. But you let everybody know. Oh, I let everybody know. I, I'm probably, I'm an open book. Like I said, I don't hide nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? If I feel like it's appropriate to talk about and it's necessary and they need to hear it and to really just leverage where we can take this, this business or these brands or whatever we're working on, I'm going to say it yeah. because it touches people's, it, it really does touch people's hearts. And it's mm-hmm. like, you're kind of just laying down an opportunity for them that it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. There's no way in hell that they're going to let this shit slide. It touches people's hearts. But what it also does is like, we all know that we can't get to where we want to be alone. Mm-hmm. And by you doing that, you take the accountability and you share it among your entire team. And they're all now accountable everybody is now accountable for one common goal. And that's why we hit every target. We do. We really hit every target. Because everybody, we always use the term we, us, we, us. Yeah. Even if one of us hasn't done something, we tell them to say that they've done something because we've all done it. Somebody in the organization has done it. So if you pull in that business, yes, we have done it. You've done it before and we can execute on it. Mm-hmm. And it's that shared vision, that shared accountability that makes us the best TikTok agency in the world, yeah, boys. No, it's insane. Like, I, I, I love it. It's just like every time I hop on a call with like these creators, like I remember this one clip that I had in my YouTube video at the end and I was just kind of talking to I think about five of them. And I was just like, um, I kind of want to like instill that like that motto. Right? Yeah. So I, like at the end of the at the end of the call, I was like, all right, guys, thanks for listening. But before we kind of end it off, what the fuck are we? Well, he goes, we're the number one TikTok agency in the world. You, we're the number one TikTok agency in the world. You, we're the number one TikTok agency in the world. Yeah. And it just goes a line and it's just like, dude, that felt so good. You're getting people to manifest. I'm just getting people to manifest. Yeah, it's compound yeah. manifest. Exactly. That's compound exactly manifesting, what it bro. is. Julian, I need water. Please. Oh, Whose uh, water Phil, is this? Yeah, that's mine. Zach, this is actually a really... Nice place. Congratulations on 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 the crib. This thank you. It's really thank coming so together much. very very nicely. <laughs> yeah, it was all it was all fell up. Um, tell me about like you know I'm just kind of curious like how was like the whole renovation process and like how much hours Pro. were you like coming here to kind of set everything up as beautifully <laughs> as it is. Infinite hours, I would say. Yeah. Incalculable level. Yeah, this was um, more of a headache than I ever thought it was gonna be. Mm. Um. You know what's funny about my turned place? out amazing though the you, you, before and afters oh on no your page it is or like, yeah you, you know what's funny about my place is that Zach is like one hundred percent moved out but he's also like one hundred percent moved in <laughs> bro like the amount of shit that are still in my cupboards and dude I, you know I organize a place like really really nicely oh yeah and for some reason you need to take your air fryer out of. <laughs> <laughs> the bathroom okay. sink. Right, yeah, I, I gotta go. There's gotta an air fryer. I'm actually waiting so, for the Tesla to come back so that I can oh, go. Yeah, yeah that should be coming back. DMAC took at least Zach's old place. And so, I mean, Zach's, what did I say? Zach's old place. I yeah. said Zach, right? 
Anyways, so yeah, Zach just, he's too lazy to move his shit. Yo, so most people when they move, they get boxes and they hire movers and things like that. Um, my entire place was the way it had been for the two years I was living in it, the day before I moved. And the day of me moving, I just started slowly moving <laughs> things out. Like one fork at a time? Like one fork at a time. Like, uh, oh, I need this sweater. Okay, let me go back to my old place and grab it. <laughs> oh, I need, I want to wear this jacket. <laughs> okay, let me go back to my old place and grab it. And then eventually, um, we're probably about 60, 60% the way and there. And we're 30 days in. Yeah, we're about, a, we're almost more than a month in. So like, are, are we like on track? I know like we got like, what, a couple of days with the with the Tesla is like, stuff gonna be moved out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah we have we have some errands to run you're like we talk about this later obviously <laughs> this is not entertaining um what day when you when when's miami happening saturday oh fuck uh, you might be fucked but you could do friday with c that works i can do friday after 2 p.m yeah you could do that that works okay. i have i have s- do you, um, anything big that needs to be moved or is it just all a little shit? A little shit. Don't even worry about it. We'll talk about it after. Yeah. So. Let's get back on track. I don't know where we were. Back to business. I don't know where we were. This is your job. Did you say you did or you didn't know where we were? I didn't know where we were. This is your job. That's fine. I don't actually know where we are either. Um, but like, that's the point. Like, when do we ever know where we are? You know what I mean? Like, even in life, like, it's just like, we're kind of just two floating goldfish trying to navigate the seas. What are your thoughts on this, D-Mac? D-Mac, you haven't I was hit- once a floating goldfish. Yeah, okay. you were actually. Yeah, but, I was. And kind of your hair is still a floating goldfish, that to be honest. It, a lot of people Show the people wrong. your hair. Goldfish. It's not a goldfish. Yeah. It looks super, a lot better than I it was it before. Too. No offense to your before hair. What was wrong? What was his before hair? Black I know. I just like, I feel like this adds a lot of personality. This is just perfect for. This looks everything better, right? you do. Yeah. This looks better. It's right? perfect for everything you do. This is good for the brand. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I live in I live in Yorkville. I gotta fucking spice some shit up. <laughs> okay, so how do you like living in Yorkville so far? What do you think? Oh, it, it's so nice. Honestly, though, like I haven't really like gone out and like walked around enough as much as i want to yeah i'm just like so busy like usually i just like kind of like wake up and i'm like i get like probably like four six hours of sleep a night something like that okay and as soon as i wake up it's usually like 20 30 minutes before a call maybe even sometimes like 10 mm-hmm. and then like i hop on the call and i'm just like hey what's going on like and then i'm just really just like making sure everything's on par with like clients or or, or creators making sure that the vision's still intact and like I kind of just like stay behind my desk for like hours, and then like I kind of just like oh I got I got to eat, oh I got I got to drink <laughs> water, oh <laughs> I, I forgot about my espresso, and I got to go to the gym today, and then yeah. um, something I'm really slacking on right now is like groceries and stuff like that. I got to go to the grocery store and grab that soon. Oh yeah, have you um, go to coffee spot? What is it? What's the best? Because there's so many coffee places the in Yorkville. Co- um. Honestly, I've just been going to the closest one right next to the building, Zaza. <laughs> the closest one. This guy, <laughs> this like, honestly, he just like, needs his just like I, I literally walk like 200 meters. Yeah. Get my coffee, and I walk 200 meters. No, 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 no. This is what he does. He does. He walks 200 meters, asks for espresso shots, takes them like shots, <laughs> doesn't even enjoy them, walks back. I swear. Gets to I fucking do. work. I swear I do. I, 
dude. You know, I, I told oh Phil um, when I took that espresso shot, I wait till it cools down a little bit. I would walk back home and then put it on the counter, forget about it, go on my computer, and then I'm like, oh shit, I got an espresso shot on my counter over there. Walk over. Little Are shot, you kidding me? And dude, I'm wired. We cannot be more opposite. You know what I used to do when I lived there? Mm. Take a TikTok of espresso being made. Sometimes. But I would walk to this. You you will never go here because it's too far. And you don't have the time for this. I would walk to the Starbucks on Young and Roxborough. It's in Summerhill. So it's a 15-minute walk to get there. Meaning he has nothing to do during the day. In the morning. I would do this first thing in the morning. I'd walk there, get a, a latte or whatever, and then walk through Rosedale for another 45 minutes looking at all the houses that I want to buy. Then I would walk back to the Starbucks and then walk back to the apartment. And how long is that trip? I would spend 90 minutes to two and a half hours doing that walk every single day before work. Hey, man, if I find that person that can help me out. <coughs> Julian. <laughs> I can find that person that can help me out with that. I would love to go to those walks and have um, Zach kind of give me the directions for that. All right. We're calling that into fruition now. Julian, you have exactly three months. Less, less. We, we two? need to faster than that. Bro. Two months? 30 days. 30 fucking days. 30 days? You have 30 days to take enough work off a of D-Max plate so that he <laughs> can go on a two-hour walk every single morning. We can go on it together. We can, like, hold hands and do it. 30 days. I feel like you can do it in 25 days. I feel like before we come back yeah, from Miami, I could this see can that. be done. I could see that before as Before June 1st. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. then the weather's nice, you can go on walks. June yeah. 1st, June 1st. Energy yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Love that. All right, I might find June 15th. <laughs> yeah, put it in the calendar. Do you want to do you want to talk about like your health and shit throughout like the busiest times? Oh, back in Yeah. If you want, like you don't have to. I'll talk about it a little bit. Dmax been through some shit. Yeah. Um. Back in like health wise. So, we went to when did we go to Miami? February. Oh yeah. Miami so we February. were in my. Uh, we moved to Miami in February of last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, four fifteen months ago. Fourteen months ago. Yeah, and then after when I landed, um, it was just kind of like. All right, I'm gonna like sit my ass down at my grandparents' place because I like I decided I wanted to just live with my grandfather when you like, moved back to Canada. Back to Canada, um, for as long as it takes for us to you know make it to the next level or make the next move. Didn't take long. It did not take long at all. And um, during that process, like um, I just remember in like August, I saw I'd noticed like a decline in like my health and. Um, had to do with like some immunity or something like that. What does that even mean? Like I just like my you don't body know what just immunity wasn't means? functioning. You stupid I mean, I think fuck. It, for me, it means like live forever. Like my body That's and my organs weren't just like they weren't performing. Clip that. <laughs> <laughs> Clip the That's fuck out of that. You stupid fuck. Keep keep going. Oh keep yeah. Going. Okay, but anyways, yeah. Like my body just wasn't like. It's usual self. Um, I remember in like September, I started noticing it a lot more. And I think this was the time when. What were you noticing? Like a lot of like, like just my energy levels were just off. Um, Like keep in mind, like 
throughout the times of like May and like maybe like August, I decided, I, again, I was living at my grandfather's house. I just locked myself in the basement and just worked hours on end. Just like didn't eat properly. I was probably eating like under a thousand calories per day, maybe even 1500. I was smoking. I was drinking. I was doing like, I was just, I was just being stupid. You know, I wasn't really taking care of myself. And then in like September, it really started to like take effect on like my health and everything like that. Like I remember my, my mind just wasn't in the right spot. I was like focusing on like what my body was trying to fight. And like, um, then I think in September, wh- when did we get Honcho? Yeah, um, September, September Septem- 3rd. September 3rd. So like the first month of September, I would come every single weekend and we would, you know, go out to like Maddie's or Italy. relax. We did. <laughs> we did. Well, let's not sugarcoat that. That happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, but well, we went we went well. out every weekend and I made it. I, I mentioned that like I was going to come like every single weekend. And then like mid-October, right? Um, my health was just probably at like the worst state possible. Like um, for anybody that doesn't know what sepsis is like I thought my body was like gonna go into something called septic shock meaning that my body was fighting this infection and if I couldn't get rid of that infection or I couldn't like solve the issue and go to the doctors then eventually I could lead into I was like kind of thinking like septic shock and shit like that wait what month was this when you were thinking this was about like, in no- like this was like in November you, you thought you were shutting down like I was shot I, I, I say if you if you couldn't fight it then what would happen basically I just Again, like, I was working my ass off, right? And then there was a point in October, mid-October, where I was like, I can't go to Toronto because, like, I just don't feel myself. I would sleep. I shit you not. I would sleep, like, 12, 13, 14 hours. And I would be covered in, like, all these blankets. And because I was cold, you know, I was, like, I was really cold. My body was just shivering for some reason, like, uncontrollably. I remember hopping on FaceTime calls and my face being, like, all red and, like, I would tell Philip, I would tell Paul, I'm like, yo, like something's like something's up. Like I just I don't feel myself. I can't focus. My brain is just like trying to fight whatever I'm fighting. And on top of that, as I'm fighting, it's taking away so much energy out of my ability to just like think and like move. And I didn't even go to the gym. And like I just I just remember like sh- being in bed and just shivering and just like saying, I don't wanna like I don't want to wake up. Like, I just want to, like, I just want to sleep. And, like, that's it. Like, I just want to sleep through the pain and shit like that. It was, like, so bad. I don't really want to, like, touch a lot on it. But, you know, um, I think I did go to the doctor eventually. Um, yeah, Philip pushed me. Philip really pushed so me. So long. Like, well, Paul, I, I, Paul I really did like too, bro. The like, the there, were, there were weekends or days that Paul and I would just be, like, pissed at you. We didn't tell you, but pissed at you because you wouldn't go to the... You want to go to the doctor? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I've for like how fucked up is that? <laughs> if, if anybody would do that, it's DMAC. No, like too. It, it's because like for like the longest time in my life, like I just never really went to the doctor. But you're also in a position, just knowing how you think and operate. You're in a position where you're you've only got twelve available hours to be productive, and you're probably thinking, okay, I'm already got less hours in the day to work. So I'm not going to take another few hours out of my day to go to a doctor. I genuinely, like, I genuinely thought, like, my, like, my body would just, like, figure it out and I'll get better. That's what I told myself. Wow. So, so how did you come out of it? 
manifested it? I just got to a point where it was just like when I was in bed and I was like, okay, I don't want to, I don't want to feel this anymore. Like I feel like absolute, I feel like absolute shit. I actually went to the doctors and the doctors got me on all this medication and stuff. And I felt instant relief. And I was like, okay, this, this, this is, this is nice, you know? And then I ended up going to the doctor like every single fucking weekend. Like yeah. I've never been to the doctor more times in the time span of like, I think it was like November to December. I've been to the doctors more times from November to December in 2021 than I have my whole entire life. Just trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Damn. What, yeah. what was the conclusion? It was, it was just like some fucking like um, bad case of like eczema and stuff. But like it got like really out of hand. Like it got like super bad and shit. And it, it was just weird because like I've never had that type of like a reaction before. So, like, I thought, like, I really didn't know what the heck was going on, to be honest. Like, I wish I had the answers to that, and I could answer it for you, but I don't. Wow. Doctor said it was, like, it could either be stress-triggered, it could have been you're not eating properly, it could have been, like, the environment that I was in. So you still, in hindsight, don't really know what caused it? No idea what triggered it. No idea. All I know is that... Now I have to take a freaking shot of Dupacin. And if you don't know what Dupacin is, it's like this little <laughs> needle. And like I have to fucking <laughs> inject myself with it. And I hate needles. Like I, like I have to sh- shoot a needle in my leg, my abdomen, or my arm. And like How put like 300 milligrams weeks. of fluid in my body to Fuck. keep my body and, and, and my skin and all this other stuff contained wait when how frequently do you do this? every two weeks every two weeks i've been doing it for the past month and a half and i hate it i fucking hate this it this guy has to stab himself yo it oh sucks dude God. and 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 the needles are bigger than the ones that like people with diabetes would take as well it sucks hold on so this is not like your typical needle that you get when you <laughs> go get your vaccine or your flu shot this is like you telling me that it's girthier it's girthier yeah you like yeah, that it's not it's not it's not a pretty one and like when you're doing that. it to yourself it's like <laughs> it's like I don't know, dude. Like, dude, you literally old. have to go through it like a mental barrier when you're stabbing yourself. I've never done it myself. It's it's insane. But like, what, tell us about the first time that you took it. Oh, the first time that I took it, oh so a doctor God. actually gave it. Okay. Um, the doc, like, I was nervous as hell. Like, I had like hell anxiety. Did he inject it? He she injected it in my leg. I took off my pants and <laughs> <laughs> I took off my pants in front of the doctor, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I I, I can do it." I was like, yeah, you are going to do it. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you know, like you are going to do it. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you type yeah. of shit. <laughs> and like pulled my pants down and like, um, you know, that would have been a nice day to go commando. Say. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, no, no. So like, she's like, okay, this is what you're going to do. And we did like tests. She would get like a <sighs> pen and like press it. Like, okay, this is what you're going to do when you insert it into your body. And then you're going to release and you're going to take the needle out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And I'm like sweating. Like, I'm, this is not happening. There's no way that I have to fucking do this for like every, every single two weeks. And she's like telling me, yeah, we're going to do it twice today, by the way. And the reason why we want to do it twice today is because we want to kickstart the process of the medication. So I had to fucking inject one needle by her. And then she asked me to do the second one myself. And I was like tripping. But like, I remember her, she was like, all right, so what do you do? What do you do when we um, in, in, inject? She's like, oh, well, you prep the site. She's like, oh, what's prep the site? Oh, you got to get an alcohol swab, start wiping it. So I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Start wiping it. 
And then, and then that's when I said, hey, can you, can you, can you do it? Can you, can you do it? She goes, yeah, 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 I can do it. She goes and she puts it in. I'm like, oh, that wasn't bad. And the needle's in there. And then she starts squeezing the fluid in. And I'm like, oh, shit. And she's like, and she's like, yep, just a little bit of tension. And my mind's just going like, dude, that's a lot of tension. Like this shit, there's, <laughs> there's no way in hell I can do this by myself. What? Right? And then like, like, I shit you not, like after the medication is in, like I get like a big bubble on my leg. Oh, and you can just see, and you have thick. to like massage the fluid in. Wait, so, yeah. where's the, so it does, so how deep are they, are you injecting it? Like, are you injecting it? Just under the derm, just a, under the dermal layer, like it, it where it doesn't touch the muscle. So Meaning you, like, it's just like, how do you know how to get there? Yeah. What the fuck does that <laughs> no, mean? This is, this is the instruction. Ready? Okay. Pinch your skin. Okay. Angle the needle in a 45 degree angle and push it in. Right? She did that to me. And I was like, oh, okay. Like push it into the end? Push it in all the, all the way what through. When do you know when do you know when to stop? Oh, the, I mean like there's an end to the needle. It's not like a fucking needle that just goes, you know? Yeah, right. Wait, but you go like that deep? It's like it's like that deep. It's like that deep. Yeah. But anyways, like it sucked, like that hurt. And she's like, okay, okay, um, sit down because you're going to do the second shot. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, fuck. She's like, I'm like, where, where should I do it? She's like, oh, you can do it on any of the three sites. What are the three sites, Adrian? Leg, stomach, arm. Okay, let's calculate this real quick. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do my arm because who's going to squeeze my arm and let alone, like I'm, I'm pretty lean. Like I don't got a lot of fat on my arms. Two, if I do it in my stomach... Like, wouldn't that hurt more? Yeah. And then three, I didn't like the way it felt on my leg. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm like, I'm like, okay, it's either I'm going to do the right leg first or I'm going to do the right leg or I'm going to do the stomach. And, like, I just wanted to, like, test, like, you know, which one would hurt more. So I might as well just split, do the stomach. Split oh, testing. Dude, I so I split test the, 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 the pain, the oh, pain man, level. So okay. I'm like, I know what it feels like in my leg. Let's try it on my stomach. She's like, okay, you're going to do it in your stomach? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it in my stomach. She's like, okay, go. I'm like, fuck. I'm like, shit. So she, she gives me the needle, and I'm about to stab myself, and she goes, wait, 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 wait. Before you put it in, what do you do? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, wash my hands. Wash my hands. She's like, okay, what's the second step? Grab the site. Get the alcohol swab. And then I'm, like, pinching my, my skin. She says, you have to pinch the skin, 45-degree angle, right? And, and she goes, all right, now all you have to do is just make sure that, you know, you're three fingers away from your belly button. And just jab yourself. I said, okay. Wait. Yeah. Three fingers away from your belly button. Yeah. And then you that's just like, so that's like, like the, in? Yeah, so like Radio. basically you go like this. You go like this. Three fingers. And you would pinch there. And you would inject it. On a 45 degree <laughs> angle right there. So I was trying to do it. And she's just like, and I'm like, I have the needle right against my skin. And I'm like, I'm pushing just a little bit. And she's like, you got to push harder. I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? I'm pushing hard. I'm pushing hella hard. You can't tell me I'm not pushing hard. And she's like, no, 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 you got to push harder. Just push harder. Like, Fuck. So she asked me to do it like five <laughs> times. And then I did it. And it was like, it was just like a little pierced. Like the needle was in that much. And she's like, oh, it's, it, it, you, you created a, like you created a seam or, or like a hole. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you created it. And I'll just push all the way through. And I push all the way through. And I'm like, ow. Right? And she's like, okay, now I remember the, the, the hardest part. It was injecting the, the fluid in my body. And that was the one that hurt. She's like, okay, now when you in, put the fluid in, you're going to feel some tension. <laughs> I put it in and I press, I press the fucking thing just like this much. 
And I was like, Tch. I'm like, oh my God, I stopped. I was like, no, there's <laughs> no way, bro. I was like- It hurt that much? Dude, it like, I have to- Fucking push that shit in my body, dude. It killed. <laughs> like me, not not the doctor. Me. I'm the one that tells me how much I want to get hurt. Like it sucks so bad. It sucked. It really sucked. And then I, I you know, it took. So her time on pushing all that fluid in yeah. was probably about ten to fifteen seconds. That it, there were. It was that much fluid. It took ten to fifteen seconds. It probably took her ten seconds. It took me like a minute. Okay. It took me like a minute to push all the way through. And then like, as soon as I did it, it was like, I took it out. And then I'm like, holy shit. Like I was sweating balls. I'm like, I got to do this in two weeks again. I'm all like, right, so what was I got to do this like in two weeks again. doing it on your own for the first time? <laughs> oh my God. I had no, doc like, here's the thing. The, the doctor said like, I can call them whenever I want. In case, okay. like, I don't feel comfortable doing it myself. So I can technically just go back and ask them to do it. Okay. But, like, I just really wanted to, like, do it myself. Because, like, it would just be a annoying commuting mm, to yeah. shoppers just to get a freaking little shot every two weeks. And, like, for example, if I travel, I have no choice but to do it myself, right? So, you know, I, like, it was, like, it was like, I have to do this, like, every two weeks on a Thursday. And um, I remember grabbing the needle and I'm, like, it's, like, 12, 1 a.m. or something. And I'm like, shit, I got to take, I got to take, I got to take, take the med. I got to fucking inject myself. And I'm like thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to just do it. I'm going to just do it. Grab the needle. You let it rest outside for about 40 minutes because you keep it in the fridge. You don't want that fluid to be too thick when it goes inside. That's the worst thing ever because right? you have 40 minutes of guaranteed, guaranteed anticipation. Like, I got to, I got to do it, right? So then I'm looking at it, right? And I'm like, I clean the site and shit. <laughs> Yo, that's uh, cleaning the site. Step one, wash your hands. Wash my hands, clean, clean the site. site. I do everything right, and then I'm like, "Fuck!" I kind of like it. Kind of felt better in my in my stomach. I'm gonna do my <laughs> stomach again, right? And then I just fucking, I don't know. I just kind of like tapped into like some weird mindset where it was just like, "Fuck it!" I did I did it before. I can do it again. And like I just did it like so quickly. Like I just dr like no thought. Like I just went for it. So I just put it in. And I started squeezing, but I squeeze it pretty slow. You know, that's like the worst part. Getting the needle in is not bad. Okay. Like freaking getting the fluid, like 300 milligrams of that stuff, that shit sucks. And as soon as it's done, it's just like, okay, relief, let's celebrate, champagne. Are you Happy. able to do it effortlessly right now? No. I don't want to say that. Like, obviously, like, every two weeks, it's like, there's like a ticking time bomb, like, and when, it ha when it has to happen again. Something, I don't think it's any. It's something that anybody would look forward to, you know, jabbing yourself, especially if you're afraid of needles. I'm not. Mm -hmm. But for the people that are, like, that sucks. Yeah. Any idea on how long you have to do this for? I was never told. Oh, that. fuck. Man. So I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this for. But if it's forever, then whatever. It is what it is. Take it as it is and fucking carry on, you know? I'm going to read you a quote. Tell me what you think. You don't get rich by spending your time to save money. You get rich by saving your time to make money. So something that in this in in um in growing this agency, um, or I guess you can say, something that I noticed was that oh I started to notice like how important time really was. Like you can't do everything. You know what I mean? You can't you can only work so much in the business than on it. You know what I mean? 
So it's like, it all like kind of just, to me, like just stems towards like the importance of like having like really good people to help you build, you know, again, going back to like selling the vision on, on all that, you know, they're either with you or they're not. It's weird because a lot of what we've implemented in the last four months, ever since the start of this year, it's what one of our Dubai mentors taught us. Everything, like almost everything. Hi, <laughs> motherfucker. No, but like he really, like, no, that really, like, you know, you got to be able to find people that, that align themselves with the vision that you have. And like, you know, they're going to be the ones to really take the time and the weight off your shoulders because, you know, at scale, you need to be able to find people to do the things that you do. Like, take you take note of everything that you do, SOP it, give it to somebody else to do, and you kind of just, like, monitor it, like, very, like, like, not too much, but, like, you just monitor it and check up on it every once in a while, see if it's actually running as it should. You'll be able to find out whether or not there's something broken in there, and then all you have to do is just add a little cherry on top and say, hey, you got to do this now just to make sure. Consistent iterations. If you were to have a secret to success in the business world, what would it be? Secret to success in the business world. That's a I think we heard yours. It's resilience. Don't answer for him. I want to see what else he comes up with. Secret to success in business. Just take the risk. You know, that's just like how I put it. If you're not willing to take risks and let go of the vine. Yeah. What does that mean? It's just allowing the business to run on its own. It's like kind of like, you know, taking that SOP, giving it to somebody and then seeing if it works without even like just trusting in the process that they can do exactly what you just did. Can you explain what an SOP is? Standard operating procedure. So basically it's kind of like you ever, you ever go into like, or have you ever worked into like McDonald's or, um, SOPs are everywhere. Okay. You go into McDonald's, there's an SOP on how to wash your hands before you start touching food. There's an SOP. There's a checklist on what you have to do before closing a kitchen, which goes to show how fucking stupid people are if they have an SOP on washing hands. Yeah, but which yes, I totally agree with that. The last thing that SOP. <laughs> no, be. no, no. It, but no, but like but a, like an SOP, it's just generally just a document that people can look over to make sure that they're on track and they're doing the right things. Yeah, you know, if they don't follow it, then like. And the amount we'll of detail in that's in it is is actually surprising. Because one of the things that, like, because I work with SOPs mm-hmm. as well, but the issue or the difference between what I how I work with SOPs in the corporate world is building an SOP for somebody that makes four hundred thousand dollars a year and has a has an Ivy League MBA is very different because you can. What an SOP to a, to anybody else would be like 50 steps. You could summarize it in one step. So you're used to being super, super broad. That's why when I build SOPs, I'm like, do I need to include this? Do I need to include that? Yes. Like that granular. The answer is always yes. Because when I would, if I were like, I'm building an SOP right now. There are, there are 17 steps. If that were to build, if I were to build an SOP, the same SOP, the company I work for, it would be three steps. 
So it's so surprising to me how detail-oriented some of these SOPs are. But one thing I want to figure out is um, depending on who you hire, the SOP needs to build, be built a certain way. What we're starting to get into is building SOPs for creatives. You can't build an SOP to be creative. Yes. So what has it been like running a business that operates off of procedures, but there's that still there's still that little hint of creativity that you have to manage and be responsible for. Yeah, that that that's tough. That that's really tough because you know some of the people that we get on they're not exactly like they don't just it, it's hard to find the people that just have it like right away right off the bat. Like, you know, like telling them like, oh, you need shots. Like, again, like you said, one of your points, you got to build an SOP specifically tailored to that person. Like, you know, there's some SOPs that I can build that have like three steps in it. And they're just like, okay, I can take that and go. And there's some SOPs where I'd have to do like, write 10 different things, probably record a loom video, probably do an example and then send it off to them. So like, I don't know, there's so many ways I have to go about it sometimes just because people have different and different skill sets Mm -hmm. and like you just have to work around it and just allow them and trust them to be able to follow what you say and do so a lot of the SOPs that I've been writing out so far have just been very very you know very specific like to the bone everything's in a lot of detail because if they don't read it in detail and also go over it with them then they're a fucking fish on the side of the road that can't do nothing a lot of, like, some people just can't really think for themselves. And, like, that sucks. And I know that's probably, like, it. it's just, like, why would you even hire those types of people? Well, it's just, like, you know, sometimes you need them more than you think. And you just got to be able to work with what you have and put people in certain positions and certain clients where, you know, you know, just fit people into the right places. You so know. you're building SOPs tailored specifically for that person. Mm-hmm. Wow, interesting. Is that a strategy? Is that how you, like, how did you arri- arrive at the idea that that's what needed to be done? Did, were you starting to hand out SOPs to everybody and realize it didn't work? What happened there? Well, no, like, I'm, I'm actually still in the process of, like, building, like, a very good, like, course, internal course for everybody to kind of just follow, mm-hmm. right? But... Right now, I'm just kind of giving them a very detailed document and saying, this is what the ideas are. This is the concept of what we're trying to create. Can you mimic that? Mm -hmm. And can you also kind of twist it in a way that you can actually just go viral on TikTok? Yeah. You know? So, like, get guidelines. Yeah. Guidelines. Guidelines guidelines that give uh, autonomy to the person mm-hmm. reading them. The other the other thing that's that's interesting about SOPs is like the second you build out an SOP, you've just created something that can be sold as a service. Yeah. Which is what we're really good at. Elaborate on that. Give an example. I'll None of our examples. Sorry, sorry. I'm, I actually was going to give an example. 
So back to your McDonald's example, right? McDonald's has an SOP around around how to train your staff, every granular detail all the way down to how to wash your hands, when it's acceptable to change the oil for the fryer, how to make this burger, how to open up shop, how to close shop, right? So they have all that down to a science. It's it's a repeatable framework. They can plug anybody into and they'll be able to do it. McDonald's has competitors. McDonald's has Burger King. They got Wendy's. They got Chick-fil-A. They got all these other fast food restaurants. They could, CEO of McDonald's could go to any fast food establishment when they were first starting up and be like, look, I know you're spending a lot of money and resources trying to train your staff and you're failing a lot. I can offer Mm. you my training framework to open up any franchise in the world. I can offer to you, I can offer that to you across all of your franchises. We can work out a deal for here's the pricing model for the next 100 that you use for my framework. Right. So like even when you think about um, the production of a good, not just training people, but the production of a good, um, you guys watch F1. Yes. Guys, have you heard of F1? So it's all of, of it. these car racing teams, right, that compete against each other. And something that's interesting is like two big rivals, like you'll, it's very freak, very common for one of those car companies to produce the engine for another, one of their competitors. Mm-hmm. They'll do it because they've created this beautiful masterpiece they have the sop on how to create something like that yeah we'll make a lot of money if we win the race we'll make even more money (laughs) if we sell our tech to our competitors and they use it as well um here's another one computer chips apple used intel computer chips for the longest time Right. The reason they used they they swapped to Intel because originally they were they were using their own homegrown uh, they used to call it Power PC. That was their like production unit, their um, processing unit. CPU chip is what it's called. So they swapped to Intel. There were all these technical reasons, but Intel was like, Hey, look, we have an SOP, we have all of the framework, we have all the resources to produce the chips that you need at scale. Wanna sign a contract, we'll do it for you. You don't have to do it in house. So why would they make a decision like that? Who? Apple or Intel? Like the buyer of the of the service? The seller. Or the seller? Because not only are you it's just a way to exponentially grow your revenue. One, you're using your own framework for your own business. Is it more of a short term game than a long term game if the seller decides to do that? It's a long term game. I think but they're just game. building their biggest competitor. Yeah, absolutely. How's that long-term game? Because you form them, like, it's a good question. So one interesting way was Mercedes and Porsche collaborated on a car in, like, the early 2000s or the late 90s. Um, The result of that was actually Porsche taking away market share from Mercedes. This was before Porsche had a four-door sedan. So Mercedes was building the four-door sedan or sorry, Porsche's building a four-door sedan for Mercedes. They learned a lot throughout that process, and now Porsche sells the Panamera, and they've stolen a bunch of market share. Um, 
But competition is what fuels the economy. It's what makes monopolies smaller. It's what makes people a lot of money. It's what creates new opportunities. So from an economic standpoint, you you want increased competition. That's good. At a at a business level, dude, I don't know yet. I'll ask you that question because you provide your competitors with SOPs. Why do you do that? Immediate cash flow. <laughs> okay, so that's why you said it because it's short term. <laughs> well, no, because I want to know, like, well, we do something. <sighs> so it's different. So in my head, I'm going to tell you, in my head, it's different when um, Apple and Dell do it because they're behemoths. Right. And you're basically building your biggest competitor, like in the whole market when you're a small to medium sized business, you're doing it to acquire network. Yeah, that's a really good point. At a behemoth level, something that I don't know the answer to is are they leasing out their SOPs, not in exchange for cash equity she could be could be could be so by building their biggest competitor they get richer at the end of the day yeah because they are they are their biggest competitor because your biggest competitor is also a business that you kind of co-own wow there's the restroom yes that's fine no it's gonna gonna be clicked out you want to come sit come sit we have some questions (laughs) julian (laughs) segues there with you gotta hold it up. Oh, okay, okay. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. But <laughs> you had some really good segues there when you were talking about like the Porsches and the car companies, and then you came back around to that question with DMAC. That was awesome. You know, he got really personal. You guys, you're bridging the conversation. I there were so many times I wanted to jump in when you know, <laughs> like certain parts of the stories you were telling. And going, like, I just love it. Anyways, it's crazy. Yeah, man. Like, Welcome to the pod. Introduce yourself. Uh, Julian Buddy. Uh, Brand new to Toronto, working for Blythe Media, experience of a lifetime so far. Recommend it to, you know, pretty much anyone who's down to work hard and do amazing things with their life. So, yeah, man, that's kind of the spill recently anyway, a brief introduction. Yeah, um, DMAC brought you on and just threw you in the deep end. <laughs> threw me in the deep end, man. He's like, you're going to learn how to swim with the sharks, as a matter <laughs> yeah. of fact. Word for word. <laughs> yeah. So, that's that's been an experience and roller coaster on its own but i love it so yeah man like hell yeah yeah that's the only way to learn dude and you're it just is. getting you're just getting started it it's, a, it's the hard and way but it's the best way you're only getting started that's yeah. the craziest part <laughs> what has been what has been like the most um enlightening experience or the biggest surprise coming here yeah um mm. i mean biggest surprise i don't want to say I don't want to say it was um, a surprise because I knew the work he, that you guys did here was pretty much nonstop. But like, yeah, it was it was <laughs> definitely like jumping into cold water for a minute there because I came out of a, I came out of a like, kind of a crazy place. Um, you know how all this fell into place into place in the first like I don't know three months into the year or something like that. I was, you know, in my third year second semester of school yeah. and uh 
yeah, like a bunch of crazy stuff was happening. School was going on strike. Landlord kicking me out. Damn. Um, Why'd you get kicked out? He just got greedy, man. The market's like insane right now. So no. that's crazy. He, yeah, he bought the place for like, like three hundred or something and sold it. He's trying to sell it for over a million right now. So he's what right. city he's was getting, that in? He's getting, it's in Oshawa. Shocking. But Jeez. Yeah. Actually, so we couldn't. He couldn't put it out of on the market until you left. Yeah. So he. We still like. I still didn't. I mean, I can't say, but like he, I didn't sign anything still. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> he definitely wants us out of that place. And just the way he's conducted yeah. getting us out of there has been yeah. completely out of hand. So, you know, we're dealing with that legally right now. And uh, obviously it's a, uh, it's a lot of work I don't want to deal with. And eventually I'll get out of it. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. But a lot of the landlord and tenant board stuff like that oh, takes, takes a while, yeah. you know. Yeah. But anyways, getting back on track. I'm in this place. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I got to, for my own well-being, take a pause from school. Okay. Um, getting kicked out. School's going on strike. I wasn't enjoying the whole online school experience for the past two years. I didn't think it was fair, yeah. fair you know, in that sense. Okay. Um, and DMAC's, like, telling me we're moving out of the, the honcho cartel. And, like, I was like, bro, like... I'm getting kicked out of my place right now. <laughs> yeah. um, and I wasn't... I wasn't so, obviously, you know, I enjoy it back home, but I wasn't so, like, dead set on just staying there for however long. You know, I wanted to put myself in a position where I can learn, and I can learn a lot, and I can, you know, experience as much as I can in that time, right? Because I really, like, I, I spent a lot of time in the schooling stuff. And that yeah, so we all have. Man. Yeah, yeah, you understand, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, no, there was, it was not an environment also I wanted to be in, in that place, because um, the mindsets of some of my roommates, obviously I appreciate those guys and what they're doing yeah. themselves, you know, um, but just for myself, like, it wasn't exactly helping me get to the place that I wanted to be, mentally, um, physically even, because, uh, like, you know, I try and drag them to the gym with me and whatnot. And <laughs> mm. That's crazy, they don't even want to go to the gym. No, yeah, I built one in the basement. What the, the yeah. they don't want to walk? <laughs> I, I they don't the want to walk and, downstairs. Yeah, you know, the guys started coming around, but you know it was just that's off. But All right. yeah, oh, it was definitely like that space compared to here is what's been like insane in in like the greatest way possible because um, you know having having people around me that are constantly like encouraging the complete opposite of that yeah. other behavior is like mm -hmm. a really good feeling. Um, you know, I'm not, I get to be attached, uh, detached from a lot of that stuff that was going on back home that was causing stresses, you know, same with Adrian coming out here, you know, like there's a lot being back home that also can be a weight on you as well, you know, family, whatever that, you, you know, that stuff that comes up and it's just, uh, I think it was important for me to, to kind of take that leap and come here and, and commit to something like that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I really looking forward just change of pace change of scenery is always good too yeah, exactly you think you're gonna go back to school <laughs> that's the question right now coming from everyone um i as of right now i intend on on finishing school i okay. i feel that's not gonna happen yeah <laughs> you're on the you're on a, you're on a right podcast now. run by <laughs> drop not ass. I, it's I not intend happening on finishing i am like it would be a different story if i was one year deep yeah, yeah, but I am three, and yeah, I've gotten I was a lot two. of. Yeah, man, no, I've gotten. <laughs> I was four. <laughs> oh four. man, that's good. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. 
Uh oh. No, yeah, I know the. We've outranked I had you. One, I had one credit left, and I finished all the coursework. All I had to do was show up for the exam. Which you weren't going to pass. Which, yeah, I wasn't going to pass. Let me say, like, something up. Something I am grateful for, though, is in the past, like, two years, my, my parents have uh, their mindsets on, uh, like, the whole going to school thing. Obviously, mm-hmm. they, they want to encourage me to take the best path for myself as possible, right. but... Um, their minds have definitely been more open to me, like having more faith in my own decisions nice. beyond that. That's where you want to be. Yeah, it's great to have them. It's it's on amazing. That level. I'm lucky to have that. I gotta say, and like them being on the side more, like that's what I was saying. Like everyone around me has been saying, like, what is your plans with that? You know, because it is like a an important question that I feel like I want to answer, and um, straightforward, anyways. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot thinking about that, but I'm gonna see what I can manage, I suppose. And like, there's also, if I if I need to get, take more time as well, I know I can do that. Yeah. The only person that's given me the complete opposite advice was uh <laughs> the Jay, bro. Such, oh such my a good, god! Such a good barber. I know the you barber. Would, I know you when <laughs> you didn't expect that because yeah, he said he loved you guys. He was telling me like you, you guys all go to the same barber. They referred me. The guy's awesome. Yeah. Oh really? Continue. Anyways, yeah. So he was telling me you'd come in like asking for milkshakes. You don't even got an appointment and shit. Like, <laughs> like sometimes yeah. I stroll you're by. Close, you're close with the barber. That's how it gets. But like, is he is he in the area? Yeah, he's on Queen. He's yeah. like. Ten minute walk. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, uh, I need one that's closer here. Anyway, go I'll on. Set you up. Yeah, no. So he was the only one saying, from personal experience, like being where you are right now. I dropped out, you know, year three, and I still think about it. And I, it, he was saying it's an accomplishment, and you know, it's something that, you know, he wishes that he'd done. Obviously, to each their own. Like we're not all gonna feel like Jay, and Jay's not gonna feel like everyone yeah. else. Um, but it was. Uh, I think it, you know, important hearing all sides of that from from different people and their mm-hmm. own experiences with it. Yeah. Um, I think he said he was doing some like business business school, which was interesting as okay. well. And but on the the flip side of the coin, he stopped doing school for something that he genuinely loved doing. Okay. And that like brought him joy, and I mean to the extent of, um, he's not there for for the money. He's doing it because. And stick, sticking around with it anyways because it's actually making him happy, like whatever the social aspect of what he was doing, right? So um, that's also like another another thing to keep in mind is if you're going to make such a decision, like you want to you want to make sure that it's, um, it's for something that really does that for you, I think. Yeah, checks mm. all the boxes. And right. So I'll, I'll tell you something right now. We were having a conversation about whether or not you're going to go back to school. It's on, on transparency. Yeah. And we said, it's up to us to expose him to a world where he's going to say, there's no fucking way I'm going back to school. I would say that it's up to you guys. (laughs) And I'll tell you, you're not going to want to go back to school. Give it time. Give it time. You'll see. I'm giving it some time, man. That's what it's going to take, obviously. Um, But I'm, I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. Cause like it's I I already see the 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 factor that that plays already man like it's 
It's just because I think what it is, if it was something that I didn't care about, because I would say that it's like 95% of the things that you could take in university today, it's not, it's not really worth the chunk of change you're paying. And most things you can learn on online, you know, like when I'm, even when I'm stuck, I go to YouTube, right? So it's there. Yeah. But well, like, so you were in the university for engineering? Yeah. Okay. So I can, like, there are still um, pathways that going to university makes sense for engineering being one of them. Doctor, lawyer, law, right? Medicine. That'll that makes sense. Or yeah. if you want to go and do research, right? Like, yeah, or scientists, whatever it is. But like, mm-hmm. at a fundamental business level, no textbooks and teach you. I took so many. I took so many entrepreneurship classes in um, <laughs> my undergrad. Yeah, and they were all such a waste of time. Like none of it made any sense. Like. It, Seeing the reality of it and experiencing mm-hmm. the reality of it is not comparable. Even yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous because it's not just um, what you learn in a classroom doesn't translate over. It's the things that are taught. Like when I was learning in that entrepreneurship class, one of the units was on raising capital, and it was all about going to the bank to get a loan. <laughs> it had. It taught you nothing about what to do with existing capital that you already have and like the stepping stone approach of reinvesting. They're basically saying, go into some serious debt. That's the only way (laughs) to start a business and buy everything that you need. Invest (laughs) everything that you have. On day one and take that big of a risk. Like that's what that course taught me. Sounds like a lot of baloney. It's it's the Stupidest approach. It's most of the stuff. If you're do. still doing that, come on. Come yeah, on. Yeah, learn how to leverage your resources. Live in Use different your resources, times, man. You stupid fuck. Good. 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 Do you want to hit a button? I'm not going to lie. I really want to hit a button. Pick a button. D-Mac, Both do you want to come back on? You got some stuff? Both you got some you stuff to, to say? Button, Can I so just pick, pick one? Pick one. Yeah, it's, it's only well, the top two, though. the top two, actually. You might as well pick the other one. Yeah, I'm just going to... That's no. literally not that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why we write SOPs down I, every I like the blue button. So I chose that one. I actually uh, think it might be programmed, but for something else that we could didn't be, yeah. whatever came out of the what box. It, whatever. It, yeah, it could be a tambourine. Works. It could be a drum. That's pretty cool. We don't know what it does. We're kind of yeah. scared of touching it. Fair we enough. Know it looks cool. Zach wanted the expensive one. Yeah, I wanted the one that lights up and has the touch screen. This reminds not me that we it. actually need it. I actually want to ask you guys something. Okay. What is one quote that you have heard that you absolutely just live by? It can be a quote from like, you, maybe you've heard it off YouTube, maybe you've read it in a book, maybe your parents or your teacher has told, told you it. Like, what is something that's just tattooed to you that you will just, that you just feel like you'll just remember for the rest of your life? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. There isn't a, like there isn't that one quote that like I think of. Really, like there isn't that one quote quote I think of. Anymore, I would say. But what I did, what I will say, is in my high school high high school yearbook, high school yearbook. Uh such a nerd for putting this down. What a fucking douchebag. But it was, ideas are easy, execution is everything. 
And I guess I lived by that. Still super nerdy to put in a fucking high school yearbook. Like, be original, man. And that's another variation, actually, that quote of this. Intentions don't matter. So I'll tell you guys what, what that do. one is. Um, intentions don't matter. Actions do. I think we all have like a, a, a very similar variation to all of uh, of that quote, and like the one that like I heard was just um, all you have to do is start, and you're already halfway there. And like this just all stems from just taking action and not allowing anything to kind of get in the way and you know block you from from your vision and your goals. Like if you have something in mind that you want to do then just take action on it, test it out for a little bit, see if you like it, if you love it. Mm-hmm. You know, eventually money will follow, money's everywhere. You got to stop getting in the, you got to get out of analysis paralysis, what we call it. What is analysis paralysis? It's when you do what I do all the time. Think, 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 think before execution. Try to get everything yeah. sorted out, timelines. Like I've been trying to break you down a little bit. Every time yeah. Zach is like, okay, so next week we'll do this. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> what are we doing today? What are we doing right now? I don't yeah. care about what we're doing next week. Like, we no, have to figure out what we're doing now. There's no plan. Like, And that's like a complete um, change of base. Because like corporate is all timelines. That, like that's... It's one of my qualification questions. That's one of the first things I ask is, what's the timeline on this? And the reason that's an important question to ask is because there's a million and ten things that are going on. So I have to figure out how to prioritize my time. When they don't have an answer to that, then I'm like, okay, well, what needs to get done? What's the process? Step by step. And then I have to use my judgment to determine, to make up my own timeline. So that's why when I'm like, when we have new projects and issues going on, I'm always like, Timeline, steps, procedure, like, but like, what are we expecting? Because I'm trying to think, I'm so used to having to think two, three weeks ahead. And also, I'm in this mentality of, I forecast everything. Like, for work, I have to forecast everything. And so, outside of work, I also forecast, I, my dad's in sales too, like, he forecasted everything. So, everything is like, timelines, what should we expect, what should we focus our efforts on, um... It's like, oh, we have a new person joining the team? Okay, when are they going to be ready to go? So I can figure out what I can do between now and when they, when they start, which is why I was asking that question. Um, so, like, that's, you just get into that muscle memory, and I need to get the fuck out of that muscle memory. It serves you well in certain situations, but not when you're building. When you're building, it is the devil. Yeah. Yeah, we, because that, mainly, honestly, it's like that whole analogy of if you give yourself one week to do something, or if you give yourself one day to do something, you're going to do it within those timelines. Yeah. And we try to do everything as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. That's it. ASAP, bitch. You stupid fuck. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw that question back at both of you. What quote do you live by? Actually, DMAC, I think you already answered. I already answered that. Julian. What quote do I live by? I mean, I understand where you guys were coming from. um, But I don't know if that would be the first one that would 
come to mind for me. It's definitely up there. It's it's almost like I don't want to use the word manifesting, but bringing your thoughts out of your head and actually taking action because you started talking about um or like I don't know if you're you're going to use the word overthinking before you actually take action in like analysis the, paralysis. I love that. I haven't heard that before. I love that term though because I've I've been been there <laughs> like too much sometimes. Like DMAC even tells Sometimes me, you're still there. Yeah, no, sometimes I'm like I'm stuck there for too long. And like um <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. But yeah, no, like it's a uh, it's not a place you want to be and I I've found more success in um writing writing things down immediately because like the if you way, the way you look at it it's like that's literally bringing it into the physical world for the first time right like out of your brain because it's like there to the paper and now it's there right yeah. um that that's something that's helped me with that sorry i just wanted to add into to that yeah. quote because i think that's great what you guys were saying um but for me i don't know if i if i have like a a number one yet but maybe that's something i should pick out because yeah you know like what are some other ones that you guys know some good ones i can read you a whole book of them i wrote i've wrote a lot myself that's why i feel like i'm struggling to pick one but you're gonna have to think about this one for a second okay but it says when everyone is sick we no longer call it a disease you want me to take that okay i want that book now Sensitive topic for DMAC. What's a sensitive topic for me? That quote. Say it. Oh, you already said it. My bad. I can see how this doesn't apply, but this is more so an analogy to... Yes, you're saying when everybody is sick, it is no longer a disease, right? Because, well, obviously I get the physical quote, but... So when everybody... So let's use, like... I'm not going to use any specific situations, but... Yeah. Let's say hypothetically, you're in an environment where everybody had a really bad mentality. Nobody wanted to work hard. Everybody was kind of just going oh, with the man. flow. Yeah. Because everybody's doing that, there's nothing wrong with it. It's like you got that one picked out for me, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a good one. I've not heard that before. Is that, is that book just yeah. filled with a bunch of... Of, of course. That's gold. Naval Ravikant. He, okay, for anybody listening to this, finish this episode and finish the rest of the series, then go listen to Joe Rogan's podcast, <laughs> Naval Ravikant. Incredible. Another one. Uh, this one's on equity. If you don't own a piece of a business, you don't have a path to financial freedom, mm-hmm. which is very true. Even as small as owning one share of one stock. Yeah. <laughs> just need uh you just need ownership and stuff to even fuel fuel your day to day you know you guys um know much about leverage it sounds like nobody's speaking on this end they know everything there is to know about leverage they use it every day but they don't know how to explain it thank you philip so you guys <laughs> so there's three forms of leverage yeah i'm gonna read some of this to you one form of leverage is labor so other humans working for you is the oldest form of leverage and actually not not a great one in the modern world. One person would argue it is the worst form of leverage that you could possibly use. Managing other people is incredibly messy. It requires tremendous leadership skills, 
your one short hop from getting eaten or torn apart by the mob. Which is why SaaS is incredible. Products with no marginal cost of replication. Which is why SaaS (laughs) is incredible. Like, there is no losing with SaaS. No. There's no fucking losing, dude. No losing even if SAS. even if you can't market it, you could still sell it. Like, come on, man. So many SaaS companies. Like, it's... Um, Intentions don't matter. Golden quotes, though. Actions yeah. do. Yeah, this this book has... Is the greatest. Um, you, you're never going to get rich renting out your time. I got a good conversation. Okay. Mm, do you think women take like kind of offset you from your vision in growing something in particular that you really care about what is your what is your what is your position on that it used to in previous situations it never took away from the vision it just slowed down my execution Mm. whose fault is that mine obviously it's nobody else's blame um now the reason Phil and I avoid these situations is to prevent that from happening. So we've been avoiding it like the plague. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so we don't know. We don't have an answer. We, yeah, we've been avoiding it because we don't know how to deal with it yeah. yet. <laughs> we don't know how to. And I don't know when we're going to find out, like when we're going to figure it out. But it's better to avoid it. Keep building. Just keep building. Keep building. Keep building. The other thing, though, is like, I I can just say this. I'm not going to call it specific names. I have friends that are in long-term relationships. People that are in long-term relationships love to say, oh, no, it doesn't take away from anything. It doesn't take away from anything. God, that's that's like asking a, like, (laughs) that's like a vegan telling you they're vegan. (laughs) You know, nobody asked. But everyone's heard it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like... Clip that. It, yeah, it's just like, it's like funny to listen to that because everybody knows it's not true. And it might not take away from your fire and ambitions, but what it does take away from or creates unnecessary stress is your ability to do whatever it takes to execute. If you're in a long, long-term relationship, you settle... You're not going to be flying to Miami, going out to clubs every single night to network and build relationships and doing what it takes. You can't do that in a relationship. And if you do, you're going to have a bunch of headaches at home. And if you can accomplish that and do those things um, and be completely transparent and have a relationship where they trust you, then, like, I get it. Yeah, that's the main thing. Like, she, he... May let you do those things, but is the trust there? Is the trust there, and is it gonna? And if they do, if they do let the let you do those things, it better not be with like uh, with a caveat, like oh, you owe me something in return. Or if you if they do let you do those things, like does it come without stress? Like you're gonna, you're gonna have to pay the price of doing those things. It's just like fuck, dude. Yeah, like there's so like I can come up with ten gazillion bazillion fucking things that could that, that can come up in those situations. So if you're in a situation with somebody, 
dating. I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about dating in your mid-20s. And you're trying to convince your single friends that your lives are just as great as theirs. You're fucking <laughs> lying to, to everybody at the table. Woo! <sighs> yeah. Hot oh. take. Clip Super that. Hot take. You just can't do as much. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, just admit it. You, you know you just can't do as much. If you're in a relationship and you're already living with your significant other, as an example... And you've never had like roommates in your mid twenties. You're just never going to experience the fun of having roommates in your mid twenties, early twenties. It's so fun, but you already like moved in with your partner. Like, what are you going to do? I want to move out so that I can take oh, ten man. steps back. Imagine living with the same person for yeah. That uh, I'm not going to imagine that. Yeah, I like already did. To that relationship, that finish line's right there. Like, yeah, you can't move that flag post any further. It's just like <laughs> you're done. Yeah, you're, you're done. done. <laughs> No, but that's interesting because, like, the reason why I asked is because, like, you know, especially for people, like, for myself, you know, in relationship-wise, I've never been in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, n- like, none. I just never saw myself being in a relationship until I figured something out for myself. But now that I'm there, it's kind of like, well, it's not even I'm not there. It's just like now things are falling into place, you know. I'm, I'm kind of, like, on the fence on, like, making sure that my momentum keeps on fucking carrying me to where I am while also kind of fantasizing about things that how things can be and that scares the fuck out of me like it does living up to not living up to our full potential is the biggest fear of everybody in this room and we do we just want to eliminate any variables that could prevent us from getting there or slowing it down yeah unfortunately we are wired from past experiences that girls can be the culprit of that it's not their fault it's kind of ours we have shit we got to deal with but we just don't have the time to deal with it although i did start therapy um take accountability yeah so you know it's it's at the end of the day it's kind of more so on us but like to answer your question in short i don't even know what it was do women take away from the vision women don't take it away from the vision we do because when we get in relationships we stop holding ourselves accountable as aggressively as we did when we were single. Not with everybody, but. So in other words, they do take away from the vision. We, no, they, their presence puts us in a position where we start to settle mm. and take away from the fire and the ambition. Because we get comfortable. We get comfortable. That's not their fault. That's our fault. That's our situation. It's our trauma shit to deal with. Yeah. Um, Interesting, because that's funny, because I remember sitting probably, like, four or five beers deep in Miami, sitting next to Philip, and then we were talking about these relationships and stuff like that, in terms of, like, just talking to to (laughs) girls and, like, just being in kind of, like, relationships or, like, in that talking phase or something like that. You kind of, like, talk to a girl, you kind of fantasize how that relationship can be, and then when you look back at everything kind of just had to put the blame on yourself like that girl didn't break my heart i broke my own i put myself in that position to be that fucking frustrated yeah. and like that was something that kind of just was brought up yeah plastered in miami yeah it's hard because like you would tell yourself <laughs> all right well next time this ha- I mean, and i'm in a situation i gotta do a better job at setting boundaries for myself but then like your feels get the best of you yeah always 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 happens so our way to 
not deal with that is to just avoid it. Yeah. Wow. I think we're this I is the longest yeah, episode. This is the we've longest episode we ever had. Are we good? Good. We're probably gonna do part two with four mics. We definitely are. Because like these two are gonna be regulars. We we, we gotta get another one. <laughs> Business expense. We'll be back. All right. This Face has been, has been an episode, episode of White, White Collar Dropouts. Dropouts. I am Dorota's son. Also known as Phil, and I'm Zach. Thank you to our incredible guests for joining us today. Dropping some sauce. Taking way too many pee breaks. And speaking facts. Join us on the next one where we circumcise Zach. I Bye. already am. I'm already, I'm already <laughs> circumcised. He's already circumcised, guys. Why <laughs> where did that come from? Uh, <laughs>